Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I am Dr. Bobby Pritt, a clinical microbiologist and the Vice Chair of Education for the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Joseph Yao, the director of one of the Mayo Clinic laboratories performing high volume PCR testing for SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. Dr. Yao, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you, Dr. Pritt. So during one of our past podcasts of Answers from the Lab, we spoke with Dr. Matt Binniger, who led the efforts to develop the Mayo Clinic lab-developed real-time PCR assay for SARS-CoV-2. And that was developed from scratch, going from design to implementation in just three weeks, which is a tremendous accomplishment. And that assay is now being used to test more than 1,000 patient specimens a day. But yet after we went live with that, the decision was made to bring on an additional PCR test for SARS-CoV-2, and that is done in your lab. Can you tell us why that decision was made and how you went about bringing up this new test? Yes, certainly. And thank you for the opportunity to uh, share this lab podcast uh, with the audience and with you. I think the immediate uh, need in our operation was to increase our testing capacity for SARS coronavirus 2 uh, molecular tests. And with the 1000 test capacity on our in-house LDT, we had to look for another high throughput uh, to accommodate our laboratory clients as well as the uh, state of Minnesota. And so the first thing we looked at is what uh, existing automated instrument platform do we have in the laboratory that can accommodate uh, this test. And fortunately, uh, after the CDC and the New York State uh, LDT assay uh, received FDA EUA, the third one that came on the market commercially was the Roche uh, EUA uh, performed on the COBOS 68 and COBOS 8800 instrument. And we happen to have two uh, COBOS 68 100 instrument in our laboratory that we were using for uh, HBV, HCV, HIV, and CMV viral load testing. So it was a perfect opportunity um, and a good chance for us to offer this test um, at high throughput. And we also learned that the assay has a very short sample to result period of only three and a half hours for a run of 96 uh, tests, uh, which includes 94 clinical samples with two controls, this being a qualitative assay. Right, so, so that's we were, a great rapid turnaround. Yes, and so we were able to um, have throughput with two instruments uh, and each able to test uh, about 1,300 specimens per day operating at 24-7 uh, per instrument. So with two instruments, we were able to get 2,600 tests through in a 24-hour period. Um, and also we had personnel, laboratory personnel who are well-trained on this particular uh, automated instrument. So we have equipment, we have expertise, and thirdly, well, important factor is uh, the vendor was able to guarantee us enough reagent kits to put through 2,600 tests per 24 hours. So those we feel were the three major factor that influence us to bring up this test. 
Um, and we were also fortunate that we could uh, purchase a third Cobalt 6800 instrument uh, within one week uh, of deciding to go with this assay. So within two weeks, we were up running with two, uh, three instruments at uh, a throughput of 3,900 tests per 24 hours from these three instruments. Wow, so amazing. You really, we went with our laboratory developed test, which was essential to get us up and running, but had a limited throughput. Then you've basically tripled the volume, or our, I should say our capacity by adding these additional platforms and tests. Correct, yes. And now, we have a long-term yeah. good working relationship with uh, Roche Molecular Systems and Roche Diagnostic Cooperation. Uh, we have been their long-time loyal customer for over 20 years. Hmm. So we were fortunate to have this partnership in place and given us priority uh, access to the precious uh, EUA reagents and a third COBA 6800 instrument. Certainly something that a lot of labs are facing is uh, not having access to tests. And so I think having a multi-pronged approach with different tests um, rather than just a single test is the way to go. I know a lot of labs are doing a similar approach. Now, I also know when you verified this, I think you really pulled it, turned it around amazingly fast. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes, we really had a hardworking team. Uh, we had a team of 12 people, um, two of them working on validation of MP swabs, oropharyngeal swabs, and nasal swabs, um, and then working with our uh, Hilton 4 team who had the LDT uh, already in place to get uh, positive and negative specimens tested with that LDT assay to be compared and validated for our Roche assays. Um, and then we have two um, IT person to build the tests in our laboratory information system. So we made the decision to go with the assay on a Thursday afternoon and the 12 member team worked through the next five days uh, and then uh, we're able to bring the tests up on the following Tuesday so we had the tests up within um, 111 hours from wow. <laughs> decision start to launching the test. Mm. So it was a successful teamwork story for us. That is amazing. Now, you mentioned the assay has received EUA, this emergency use authorization from the Food and Drug Administration or FDA. Um, now, what specimens does this assay have EUA for? Mm -hmm. So the EUA uh, instruction for use has received authorization to test uh, nasopharyngeal swab, oropharyngeal swab, and nasal swabs. And they uh, are either provider supervised self-collection or provider collection. Uh, not for self-collection without clinician supervision at this time. Are you uh, adding additional specimen types to what you're accepting for this assay? Yes, we uh, did have to uh, test additional lower respiratory tract uh, specimens with the Roche EUA assay. So it was a off-label use. And in looking at the latest uh, FDA frequently asked question website for modification of EUA, um, one is able to test or modify the EUA assay 
as long as one receives a letter of reference from the assay manufacturer uh, and perform uh, somewhat like an LDT validation, uh, although the data, uh, which is really from a bridging study, um, do not have to be uh, submitted to the FDA to apply for a modified EUA, but FDA would like to see such data uh, that would uh, include on their frequently asked website for the benefit of other users of the same EUA assay. That so we sense. did validate um, sputum, endotracheal aspirate, um, bronchial washings, and BAL fluid uh, mm -hmm. for the Roche EUA, uh, similar to an LDT um, validation testing. And uh, we did not submit to the FDA, but we did get uh, letters of reference from Roche Molecular System to allow us to test these lower respiratory tract specimens, mainly to meet the clinical needs for uh, severe cases of COVID-19 being hospitalized or those patients who are hospitalized in the intensive care unit on the uh, mechanical ventilation support. Sure, that makes sense, with the lower respiratory specimens being more sensitive for that later stage of disease. Um, so how are you using this assay today, and what is your total capacity for testing? Yes, yeah, so with the three COBOS 6800 instrument systems, we are putting through around 4,000 tests per 24 hours, operating at 24-7. Um, our official uh, recommendation is uh, still to test individuals uh, with symptoms and signs of COVID-19. Um, so they could be mild cases or severe cases. Um, for the mild cases, we're still recommending submitting either a nasal swab, uh, nasal pharyngeal swab. Nasal pharyngeal swab is still our preferred specimen source because that it has the highest uh, sensitivity and positivity rate of 95% plus, even close to 100%, especially in symptomatic individuals, uh, and also oropharyngeal swab. Um, we have uh, not many lower respiratory tract specimens uh, so far in the last four weeks when we um, opened this test up for lower respiratory tract specimens. Um, we in the institution have uh, started to uh, perform elective surgery, uh, either as an outpatient or inpatient. And um, with our state and CDC recommendations, uh, these individuals, uh, even though they are non-symptomatic, uh, they are actually being screened with nasopharyngeal swab for possible early uh, COVID-19 without symptoms. So they are being screened two days prior to surgery um, for our molecular tests. So that again is somewhat of an off-label use as well because the uh, EUA assays currently uh, receive FDA approval have uh, been all for symptomatic individuals mm -hmm. rather than non-symptomatic uh, individuals. Well, everything's moving so quickly with COVID-19 as these new needs arise, it's, it's great that we can uh, react to them quickly so that we can meet these different needs. Um, now, you've also brought in another test. Um, how was that decision made? And do you want to tell us just a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, so <laughs> within a week of um, 
offering the uh, Roche EUA assay, we quickly reached our maximum capacity of about 4,000 and uh, per day. And we were also asked by our clients to make our tests available to them, uh, both within the state and outside of uh, our usual uh, clientele, particularly to support the state uh, return to work type initiative. So uh, we were then looking at what other instrument platform we have in the laboratory and what expertise our laboratory personnel have. And it happens that we have um, three Abbott M2000 system uh, in our laboratory that we were performing for other tests such as HCV genotyping tests. And the Abbott uh, EUA uh, was actually available about a week after the Roche EUA was granted. And so uh, we were able to then bring up uh, this time, although not in record time of 111 hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's hard to beat. That's a, a great <laughs> accomplishment. <laughs> but we did do it uh, over a seven day period to validate the assay for upper respiratory tract specimens and to build the tests in our lab information system and, and launch it in seven days. Um, and also Abbott was able to uh, sell us a fourth um, M2000 instrument systems. Now the throughput of each of these uh, instrument is not as high as the Roche Cobalt 6800. So remember the Roche Cobalt 6800 is 1300 per day, 24-7. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. The Abbott M2000 puts out around 560. So almost a half or slightly less than a half of a Cobalt 6800. So okay. with four of them, we were able to um, actually uh, put through 2,000, slightly over 2,000 tests per day on the M2000 uh, EUA assay. So your total capacity then with the Roche and the Abbott at this time, understanding that there's more <laughs> coming. Yes. So right now we are about 6,000 tests per day, okay. 4,000 from the Cobalt 6800 three instruments, and then 2,000 for the four uh, Abbott M2000 systems. Now, I don't believe before this that you were working 24-7. Is that correct? Yes. So almost overnight, we became a 24-7 laboratory, and, has, and we have to uh, double our workforce in the laboratory. And fortunately, with the other laboratories in our department, um, with lower test volume, drastically lower test volume, we were able to redeploy these individuals, especially those with molecular test experience, uh, to our laboratory, get them trained uh, quickly, um, and then be able to fit into our three schedule, three shifts per day schedule for our, our two tests. So we were very fortunate and uh, also had a very good uh, teamwork again among all our new and existing uh, lab personnel. That is incredible to go from just two shifts to three shifts, uh, not working seven days, now you're around the clock, and then doubling the size of your lab staff in such a short period of time is just amazing. So thank you for sharing these incredible stories with us and uh, telling us about the testing you're doing to support our COVID-19 response efforts. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for tuning into Answers from the Lab. If you are interested in learning more about what we discussed in this episode, please click on the website address below. Plus, be sure to subscribe to this podcast as we will continue to provide you with Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing, science, and people who are making it happen behind the scenes. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday and Thursday.